that often is uh, the difficult part uh, in life. Philippians chapter, uh, chapter number 4. Philippians chapter 4. Let's begin reading in verse number 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. This idea of, uh, of staying right in our lives is a challenge. It's a challenge. Once we've received Jesus Christ uh, as our personal Savior, there is a battle that goes on within our bodies. It's the battle of the flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, they are contrary to one another. And so what do we got to do to when we get right, what do we got to do to stay right? And we talked about uh, the first thing last week, and that is we must pray right. We must be prayer warriors. We must have uh, a, a life, uh, our life must be made up of prayer, not only seeking God's hand, but as Second Chronicles chapter 7 says, we need to seek God's face. As the model prayer says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And part of prayer uh, is communication with God. Part of prayer is like what the angels do in heaven. You remember the angels in heaven as they go about God's throne singing, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And so part of our prayer life, part of our prayers ought to be speaking to God and praising Him for who He is, not just what He does. Yes, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, give us this day our daily bread. That's part of prayer as well. But look at all the part that comes before that. As we praise Him, as we honor Him, as we laud Him, as we reverence Him for who He is, let's not forget. You see, often we go astray. Often we make bad decisions. Often we do, do things that we shouldn't do because we've, we've gotten off the rail and we've forgotten who God is. You see, understand this. If God today decided to turn the, ble the blessings, his blessings off in your life, and he didn't bless you one more time in your life, you have reason for all eternity to praise him. 
He's been good to us. God has been good to us, and we should be praising him. Let's not forget that. You know, we forget it. You know, when we forget it, we start saying, well, God didn't do this. Well, God should have done that. And God didn't hear my prayers, and God didn't do this. And you know what we've done? We've forgotten that God's not just a lucky rabbit's foot. God's not just somebody we call on when we're in trouble. God's not just someone we call on when we need to get out of a fix or out of a problem that we found ourselves in. And, and so often we get, to, uh, we get in our minds that God is there when we need Him, but when we don't need Him, well, it's not a big deal. But that's not God. God is there and God wants to be there for you all the time. And God wants to hear from you all the time, not just uh, every uh, once in a while. And so we need, if we're going to stay right in our lives, then we need to pray right in our lives. The second thing, not only do we need to pray right, but then if we're going to stay right with the Lord, then uh, we need to keep our hearts right. We need to keep our hearts right. Look with me, verse number 7 of our text, Philippians chapter 4. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Once you've received Christ as your Savior then this battle starts raging. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 12 and verse 34, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We think about the heart. When God talks about the heart, let me tell you what God's talking about. God's talking about the real you. That's the heart. You see, the Bible says that man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the what? He looks on the heart. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean that God is making sure that your heart is pumping the blood that it needs to pump through your body, and although God's you know, in charge of that. But you know, what he, you, know what he's, you know what he's looking at? He's looking at the real you. You see, we, we are pretty good at putting on a good show. I mean... We can look the part, we can act the part, we can talk the part. I mean, and you look at somebody and you think to yourself, you ever looked at somebody and thought to yourself, man, they have their act together. Man, their marriage is perfect, their kids are perfect, I mean, their health is perfect, they got money in the bank, and this is all stuff we're assuming, by the way. Don't we? Don't we assume that stuff? Isn't it funny who we think is rich and who we don't think is rich? I promise you, there are some people that you think ain't got a penny to their name. They've probably got more money than you can think of. And then there are people that you think, wow, man, they are loaded with money. And they, I mean, they're so far in debt, I mean, they can't, they can't hardly get out. Because we can put on a good show. Not everybody that's driving down the road in a $100,000 truck pulling a, you know, a $200,000 boat is a rich person. It just means they got a lot of bills. Right? I'm not saying they're not rich. I'm just telling you, we sometimes assume things by how they look. Why? Because man looks on the outward appearance. 
That's why we look at people and we, we judge people by whether they're saved or not. You know why we judge people whether they're saved or not? Because we look at their fruit. That's the only thing we can look at because we can't look on their heart. Only God can look on the heart. And only God can see the heart because you can trick everybody else, but you can't trick God. Can't fool God. God knows who you really are. God knows what your intentions are. God knows what your... You ever done this? When I was a kid, I used to, I used to do this. I've always loved Christmas. There are several reasons I've always loved Christmas. One, well, not here, but where I'm from, it snows on, you know, around Christmas time. And I always loved the snow. I loved snowboarding. I don't know, I love it. I didn't never love shoveling snow, but I mean, I love snowboarding. I loved making tunnels when I was a kid in the snow. And I'm, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the dust that we, you know, get some, you know, once every 10 years. I'm talking about snow. I mean, feet of snow. And so I just loved that time of year. But I also loved it because it was a time of giving. I always loved Christmas. I always loved it. I, I don't remember a whole bunch when I was a kid. My parents divorced when I was very, very young. And, uh, but I, I remember we used to live in this two-story house when we all lived together. And I remember Christmas time, getting up, and I remember that it was one of those older houses that had the banisters. And I'd, we'd slide down that banister, right? And we'd slide on that banister, come down, and there was a, there was a great big divider, and it was a hallway here that led to the kitchen, and the living room was right here. And we'd slide down that banister, hit it, and turn like that, and there was the Christmas tree. I mean, I was so excited. See that Christmas tree? See gifts underneath the Christmas tree? Now, we weren't allowed to open any. And let me tell you something. If we touched them, we were in trouble. So we just looked. But you know what we looked for? I could have cared less what Tina and Beth, my sisters, got. I wouldn't have cared if they got nothing. You know what I was looking for? I was looking for my name. Where's, where's mine? Oh, that one's mine. Ooh, look how big that one is. Oh, that one's mine. And I, was, I was so excited. But you know what I used to do as I got a little bit older? To my shame, this is what I do. I'd give gifts to people that I knew would give gift back to me. I grew out of that, praise God. But I, but I used to give expecting something in return, right? I used to give because uh, uh, I knew that somebody would give me uh, uh, something back. Uh, listen, listen to me. God is a giver. Did you know that? If you didn't know that, read John 3.16. God's a giver. And God gives and gives and gives. And it's absolutely amazing to me. Do you know we shout from the housetops? How many times have we shouted at the housetops? God bless America. When is the last time America blessed God? When's the last time we blessed God? When's the last time families have blessed God? I remember when 9-11 happened. I had to go um, do my sister's wedding. My sister was getting married in upstate New York and wanted me to come do the wedding and and so I told her I'd be glad to, and we drove up there. And I remember going up and seeing all these signs, all the way up 95, all these signs. God bless America, praying for, blah, 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 all the way up, uh, uh, all the way up 95. But you know, I wasn't up there two days, maybe two days. 
I'm way back. Those signs were already gone. Already gone. You know, it's amazing to me how fast we jump on how much we love God when we need Him. But when everything's going okay, or what we perceive to be okay, and God disappears. Our need for God disappears. And we want God to kind of take a, a back seat. We want God to help us with fill in the blank. But when we don't need God, we want God to stay out of our lives. Now, most of us wouldn't dare stand up and say that publicly. But that's kind of how we live. We kind of put God in his box when he needs to be put in his box. And then when we need him, we open up that box and we pull him out. It's kind of like decorations. Does anybody else have a plethora of decorations for seasons? Fall and Christmas. My goodness gracious. Our attic, when Christmas comes, comes along, listen to me, we could open up a Hobby Lobby. Our kids joke around. Listen, our kids joke around. When they need something, they just said, we're just going to go out in the garage and, get, and, and get, it, get it out there because we, Hobby Lobby, we don't even have what we have. I mean, we have Christmas. And you know what? And when the season's over, and by the way, like Christmas season in our house, it's like already started. So fall's like already gone. And so now Christmas starts the beginning of November. And, uh, and so we start decorating for Christmas. And then when Christmas is over, whenever that might be, um, we pack it all up, we put it in a box, we put it in the attic, and then the, the, the next season comes out. Okay? Some of you are going, yeah, what's wrong with that? I, I just whatever. You know, however, however you do it. But you know what? You pack it up and you put it away. You can't do that with God. You don't. You don't pack God up because you don't need him in this season of your life. But then something bad happens. Where's the box? Where's the box that got, that, that's labeled God? And we've got to get him back out because now we need him in our lives. That's not how it works. You know what the problem is? It's a heart problem. It's a heart problem. And I'm telling you something. What we need to do, if we're going to stay right, we need to keep our hearts right to, before the Lord. Think about this when it comes to the heart, when it comes to the real you, the real me, the real us inside, the one that God sees. Our hearts need to be. What do our hearts need to be? Number one, our hearts need to be cleansed. They need to be cleansed. Our hearts, Jeremiah said, are above all things desperately wicked. This idea, listen to me, it drives me insane and it drives me nuts to hear people say, you know what, I'm just going to follow my heart. That's a really dumb thing to do. I'm telling you. I remember years and years ago in my previous church, I sat down with this girl. She was really, really struggling. She was really having a hard time and uh, making some really bad decisions. And, and uh, I, I, don't ever, I don't ever counsel a woman alone. And so uh, I had her daddy come in. And her and her daddy were sitting there and we were talking. And I was talking about, you know, uh, all these things and what she needed to do and the decisions she needed to be making. She needed to be making better decisions. And, and you, know, don't, you know, you don't trust your heart and don't trust your emotions and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and I said, and I, and I called her by name and I said, you just need to follow God. 
This was, she looked back at me and she said, let me tell you something, preacher. She said, I'd rather follow my heart. I said, did you hear anything I just got done saying? Let me tell you where your heart will lead you. Your heart, your heart will lead you astray. Let me tell you where emotions lead you. Anybody have any interactions with their emotions? Holy smokes. Do you know that men and women are different? Praise Jesus. <laughs> men and women are different. I'm sitting there. Listen, I can be sitting there and we, don't, we, we watch different TV shows. It's just, it's just the facts. But every once in a while, Wendy will talk me into watching a movie. She loves Hallmark. Listen to me. Hallmark has the same beginning, the same middle, and the same ending. And the same actors half the time. So, I mean, it's just they just switch up the actors every once in a while. And so I'll tell you, so she don't watch it along with me because I just tell her how the whole movie's going to go. I've not watched it. I'm just going to tell you how the whole movie goes. This is how it goes. And we'll be sitting there watching the movie, and, and, and I'll look over, and she's crying. And I'm going, what, what are you crying about? And she, this, well, this, is, you, this doesn't bother you. I mean, it's just the, the little dog died. and the Dogs die. I mean, what do you want? I mean, I don't, men and women are different, aren't they? Their emotions are different. Their hormones are different. Things are different. If you follow your emotions, you're on a roller coaster ride. Sometimes you feel good. Sometimes you feel like dirt. Sometimes you feel mad. Sometimes you feel glad. Sometimes you're happy. Sometimes you're sad. Why are you crying? I don't know. You ever, you ever had that said to you? What do you mean you don't know? You gotta, there's got to be a reason. Just leave me alone, okay? <laughs> Cry on. I don't get it, but our emotions, listen, don't follow your, don't follow your emotions, don't follow your heart. You need to follow God. What does our heart need? Our heart needs to be cleansed. We need to be saved. We don't need to follow our heart. We need to follow the Holy Spirit because when we get saved and trust Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God dwells us, lives inside of us, and guides us into all truth. Uh, our hearts need to be cleansed. Number two, our hearts need to be made new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says uh, that he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Let me tell you something. You need to be made a new creature in Jesus Christ. Your heart needs to be made new. Why? Because it's desperately wicked. Because we are sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not even one. Not one of us are righteous. And our righteousnesses, as Isaiah said, are as filthy rags. We need, our hearts need to be made new. There's nobody sitting in here, and there's nobody in this world that has, is, or ever will live that has always been saved. You have not always been saved. Now, you may have always been in church. My wife says it all the time. She was in church nine months before she was born. 
She's been in church her entire life. But that doesn't mean she was saved her entire life. Do you understand that? It, just because we're in church, just because we try our best, our, the best we can, just because we've given the offering, just because we've been baptized, just because we would ever join a church doesn't make us saved. Can I tell you something? You're not going to heaven because you came to Rankin Baptist Temple. Or you joined Rankin Baptist Temple. Or because you've been baptized. I don't care if you were baptized by sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. I don't care if you're a member of a Baptist church, Methodist church, Presbyterian church. I don't care what kind of church you're a member of. None of those things will get us to heaven. Placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and being made new in Christ is what gets us to heaven. You see, our righteousness, Isaiah says, is filthy, but Jesus Christ's righteousness is perfect. Right? Because Jesus Christ was sinless. He became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So it's his righteousness that we need to have imputed to our account. You see, you take a saved man and you take a lost man. Okay. By the way, those are the only two categories. You're saved or you're lost. There is nobody in here right now that's being saved. You're either saved or you're not. There's no being saved, okay? So it's instantaneous. It happens automatically. You're saved and you trust Christ as your Savior, and now you're saved. You get those two categories, saved and lost. And when God sees you as a lost person, when he sees you, he sees the real you. What's the real you? Your heart's above all things desperately wicked. And wickedness and sin cannot enter into the presence of God. It just can't happen. So, so when he sees the lost man, he sees the real lost. When he sees the saved man, saved woman, what does he see? He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus Christ in you. He sees the righteousness of his son in you that's been imputed to your account and now here you why do you get to go into heaven not because you're a great person stop listen to me stop dislocating your shoulder by patting yourself on the back it ain't what you've done it's what's christ done in you you see our rewards as a saved person it's not about what you've done it's about what christ has done in you and through you we need to be made new. We need to be cleansed, and we need to be made new in Jesus Christ. And when He sets us free, we're free indeed. Our hearts need to be cleansed. They need to be made new. Number three, our, our hearts need to be kept. Our hearts need to be kept. Have you ever noticed this? Ever noticed this with your house? You take... Let's take, let's take, for instance, this tomorrow. So tomorrow you decide, you know what? We're going to deep clean the house. I mean, we're going to clean it top to bottom. We're going to get the baseboards. I mean, we're going to get the ceiling fans. We're going to get the corners. We're going to get everything that's always forgotten. We're going to wipe down the counters. We're going to wipe down the cabinets. We're going to, I mean, we're going to clean this house. It's going to sparkle. Wouldn't that be great if you only had to do that once in a lifetime? 
Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be great if you cleaned it and, man, it just shined for the rest of your life? Guess what? Guess what you're going to have to do again? you have to clean it again. You ever do the dishes? You get those dishes done? I mean, you, I mean, you had a good meal? It's the only thing about eating at home, right? When you eat out, yeah, you got to pay for it, but somebody else does the dishes. So you get these dishes, you get all these dishes done, I mean, there's a pile of them. And even if you have a dishwasher, right, it only fits so much, and then you got to do the rest of the dishes, and you put them on the side, and, and the dishes are done. Listen, you've got kids. If you've got somebody else living at the house, let me tell you something, I want to strangle them. I mean, spent, I spent an hour cleaning the dishes, and they come in there and just dump dishes in the sink. Are you outside of your mind? I just clean those dishes. Clean your own dishes, right? I mean, you just, why? Because you have to do it again. And the next time you cook, you're going to have to do it again. And listen to me, you might win a battle. You might win a battle from here to there. I mean, because that's what Paul said. It's a battle that goes on, the flesh against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another. Let me tell you what the flesh wants to do. It wants to sin. It wants to be envious and jealous. It wants to be angry. It wants to be lustful. That's what your flesh wants to do. And the Spirit's trying to pull you in the direction of God. The, 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 the flesh is trying to pull you in the direction of the world. And boy, isn't it a great feeling when you win a battle? I mean, you make a good decision. I mean, your temptation comes and you win over that temptation. Isn't that a great feeling? I mean, how many of us know that it's not just a one-time decision? Temptation's coming again. You know, there's a sin that does so easily beside us, the Scripture says. And it's all, it looks a little bit different for all of us. And i tell you something. The world, the flesh, and the devil, they're going to try to deceive you into, into committing that sin, to falling into that temptation. I, I hope you understand this. I hope you understand this concept that, 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 that temptation's not sin. Right? Because if temptation was sin, then Jesus is a sinner. Because Jesus was tempted. The temptation is not sin. It's when we're enticed and we go after that temptation is when it becomes sin. So we've got to be careful. And we've got to make sure that we keep, look what he says, keep your heart with all diligence, the scripture says. Why? Because out of it are the, uh, are the issues of life. If you don't keep your heart, if you let your heart go astray, Look, listen to me. Just go into public. Just, just, just go to a store. Go to a, a fair. Go to, go to, a, go to a, a, an outside uh, uh, or, or, or inside activity. And watch the children of our day today. I mean, they just, they run in a muck. I mean, I'm talking about they're running amok. Every time, they may think, people might, listen, people might think this is weird, but every time I see well-behaved kids when I'm out, I always say something to the parents. I do. You know what? It's not a whole bunch of times I say something to parents. I mean, kids are absolutely running amok. And if you let your kids do whatever your kids want to do, what are they going to do? They're going to bring shame. That's what the scripture says. 
They're going to make bet. Listen, it's hard enough when you raise them right. It's hard enough when you raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, but you let them do whatever they want to do? You let them run amok? You let them make their own decisions? And I'm telling you, it's going to end up a mess. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we are reaping in our country, in our families, in our churches, what we have sown for years. We're reaping it. It's happening in our countries. It's happening in our families, in our homes. It's happening in our churches. You just can't be aloof and expect things are just going to turn out. You can't say, well, just roll the dice and we'll see if, it, see if, they, see if they turn out or not. Well, I'm here to tell you, I remember, do you remember? Some of y'all that are my age and older, you remember being raised up? We were raised up different. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I wasn't. Let me tell you, I want to tell you one time. I'm talking about one time I was a teenager. One time. I said to my dad, we were, I came home and I, I said something to my dad and we were talking back and forth and I said something about him being the old man. Called him the old man. That was the last thing I remembered for a few minutes. I, I still don't call my dad the old man. I'm a grown man now. Uh, there were some things that you just did and didn't do, even, even as, a, even as a, 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 someone that wasn't even raised in the, in the Christian home. Why? Because, listen to me, if it's not kept, it's going to run amok. If you don't keep your heart in check, it's going to run amok. It, it's going to get you in trouble. How many people get in trouble today? How many people get in a, you, you ever heard this said or you ever said it yourself? Just as... Wrong place at the wrong time. What are you doing in the wrong place? Uh, listen, we, we excuse our sin and everything else uh, that happens in our lives. Look over with me, uh, uh, or, or, or just listen, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter number 4, and verse number 23. Proverbs 4 and, uh, and 23. The scripture says, keep thy heart with all diligence. You know what that means? You know what it means to keep your heart with all diligence? It means to do it on purpose. It means to do it with purpose. Keep your heart with all diligence. Your heart needs to be cleansed. It needs to be made new. Your heart needs to be kept. And then your heart needs to be directed. It needs to be directed. Do you know what we need? We talk about our kids, right? We talk about our kids. Our kids need direction. You know what you need? You need direction. I need direction. We all need our hearts need to be directed in the right place, in the right way to go. Psalm 119 and verse number 11. This is the Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. My whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy precepts. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Say something. What do we need to do? We need direction. Where do we get direction? We get direction from the word of God. We get direction from the spirit of God, right? We get the direction from the saints of God. 
And the multitude of counselors are safety. God gives us all these things to help us, to guide us in the wrong way. You know what we do? We stay out of the Word of God, we stay off of our knees, and we hang around with people that we shouldn't. And we wonder why we're in a mess. We wonder why our lives... And then, and then we get... We get all shook up, and then we get up to the attic and get the box that God's in, and we bring God back down into our lives, and God helps us out, and God gets us out of the situation we're in, and we put them right back in the box in the attic again. Listen, let me tell you something. We need our hearts to be rearranged. We need our hearts to be different. We don't need to be leaning towards the world. We need to be leaning towards God. You know, we're talking about it in Sunday school when it talks about being spirit-filled. We need to be spirit-filled. You know, Ephesians 5, verse 18 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Do you know why we say things we shouldn't say? Because we're not filled with the Spirit. Do you know why we do things that we shouldn't do? Because we're not filled with the Spirit. Do you know why we go down the wrong way, the wrong direction? We, we, we say, we say off-the-wall things. We do off-the-wall things. We're not praying. We're not reading God's Word because we're not keeping our hearts. Now, I, I get it. Ultimately, God's got to keep the heart. I, I get that. I understand that. But let me tell you something. We need to pray and ask God to keep our hearts. We need to pray and stay close to God because the closer you are to the world, the farther you are away from God. The closer you are to God, the farther you are away from the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Listen, this idea, you believe that Jesus is coming again? I believe it's closer than it's ever been. I believe we're living in the last days. I really do. Do you know that we should be saying like John said? Even so, come Lord Jesus. Have you, ever done, have, you ever, have you ever done this before? Have you ever said, okay, Lord, I want you to come, but could you wait until? <laughs> you ever done that? I, I, I mean, I've done, when, our, when, our kids were, when our kids were born, you know, it was, it was, if I could just, if we could just have, you know, we can just have one child and, and hold our baby and then Lord Jesus come. And of course, he's, 25 now, you know, but if Lord, if you'll just, and sometimes we even get non-spiritual and kind of get a little worldly. Lord, if we can just go on this vacation. After, after this vacation, Lord, you come, come quickly. Oh, even so, come, Lord Jesus, where's your heart? See, when you have your heart right, you have peace, right? You have when you have your heart right, you have joy. When you have heart right, your heart right, you have gladness. When you, when you have your heart right, you come to church, you're excited. You're excited to be at church. You're excited to serve the Lord. You're excited to, why? Because you do the things with gladness. When your heart's not right with the Lord and you're not keeping it the way you should be, there's bitterness, there's unforgiveness. There's anger. I mean, all these things go. And it's really, you know what it is? It's a litmus test. It's a litmus test to see 
how you're acting, how close you are to the world, or how close you are to God. And the Bible says you can't serve God and mammon. Stop straddling the fence. You want one foot in the world, one foot in, one, one foot in, uh, in the church, one foot in the, the world, and one foot in spiritual things. It doesn't work that way. Moses said, choose you this day. Remember, Moses said, who is on the Lord's side? Elijah said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going this way. You can go that way. Hey, if Baal be God, then serve him. But if God be God, then serve him. Make your choice and decide. Every day you get up, decide, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Can I tell you that God loves you? He loves you supremely. He loves you sacrificially. That's why He came. That's why He died. That's why He gave His life a ransom for many. Have you placed your faith and trust in Him? You say, Preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd have died right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not sure I'm saved, Preacher. Please remember me in your prayers as there one. What a privilege it is. What an honor it is to be saved, to, to know our sins are forgiven, to know that one day to be absent from the body will be present with the Lord. How are you doing now? Where are you now on that scale of the world and God? Are you closer to God or are you closer to the world? Keep your heart with all diligence. And you won't be sorry. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, piano playing this morning. Hymn invitation, can I invite you to come? Maybe there's some decisions that need to be made. Maybe there's some things that that are going on in your life right now. Maybe God just spoke to your heart about a certain issue. Can I tell you, this morning you need to do business with God. Don't put it off. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. If God's speaking to your heart, come down to an old-fashioned altar or right there at your, at your seat. Give it over to God. Let Him take care of it. I promise you this much, He'll do a far better job than you could ever do. Let's give it over to him this morning. If you need to come, for whatever reason, as the piano plays this morning, you come.
Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Visitors, thank you for being with us. Thank you. We're kind of honored that you chose to be with us this morning. And so we uh, thank you. And if we can be a help, please let us know. And tonight, 6 o'clock for prayer, 6.30 tonight for the evening service. And we will be observing the Lord's Supper in the evening service tonight. So hope you'll be able to be back uh, and in your place uh, for that. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you for this time together. Dismiss us now with your blessing. Give us a, a good afternoon this afternoon. Bring us back to the next appointed time. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.